Today on City Cash Chicago, we expect some steamy, sweltering, hot days in July and August, but those days are coming earlier and more often, and that can be fatal. We talk with a Chicago alder person who pushed a law to keep residents safe in the extreme heat. It's Wednesday, August 17th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Let's do this. Um, no echoes. Good. <laughs> do you remember the early days of Zoom? Uh, like, I remember city council meetings where it'd be like, oh, your video's on. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> we still, I mean, come on, we still have that. I know. You Lead producer Carrie Shepard talked to Alderwoman Maria Haddon from the 49th Ward in Rogers Park about the new law that passed back in June. This issue really became came to the forefront for you, especially because of a tragedy in your ward. What happened on May 14th this year? So on May 14th of this year, we had three residents who um, lost their lives. Um, and it's to it's believed um, heat related um, complications caused their deaths. Um, so three uh, senior citizens at the James Snyder apartments um, uh, Janice, Dolores, and Gwendolyn. Uh, they lived on different floors, um, but on May 14th, um, they were discovered uh, by uh, different circumstances, family, friends, and eventually the, the last victim um, was discovered through some of the wellness checks conducted by uh, police and staff at the building. And um, they had all passed away in their homes. Janice Reed, Gwendolyn Osborne, Dolores McNeely, as you said, had you been hearing complaints from residents about the heat in the Snyder apartments before those, before that day? So that was a Saturday and we got our first complaints on the Thursday. So Thursday, I got a call to my cell phone from a resident at James Snyder. Um, and she just, she just let me know. She's like, hey, older woman, it's really hot here. They don't have the AC on yet. We've been asking them to turn it on, and I'm 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 afraid, right? Some of us have health issues, you know. Can you do something about this? And so um, I reached out to kind of upper management with Hispanic Housing Development Corporation, uh, managed to get a hold of someone, you know, some facilities vice president called me back, and um, in a bit of frustration at not getting kind of some immediate response, I actually just went over to the apartments myself. That Thursday, I went on site, talked to staff on site. They were distributing fans. They had windows open. Um, they were explaining the the situation. And then the that uh, vice president did give me a call, and he told me that they were going to turn off the heat. So I want to reiterate that. So it's May, right? They were not turning on the air conditioning, but they had not yet until that Thursday. They had not yet even um, turned off the heat. Okay. And like you said, Hispanic Housing Development Corporation runs the senior building, the Snyder Apartments. So this is an important note, which, you know, to those of us who at home, we think, well, we don't run our heat in May May, usually. Um, But that's really, it is part of city law. That's the heat season runs from September 15th to June 1st. What are the rules landlords need to follow for the heat season? So this this ends up becoming the big issue that was at debate, right? So in that conversation, while I'm sitting in an office, it's very hot. The staff on site are very hot. Um, The 
decision maker in this case let me know well alderman the city says we can't turn off the heat we have to provide heat right through june 1st and um my argument was that is not how i read the ordinance um the ordinance you know for heat season um, does state that you have to provide heat or maintain kind of minimum temperatures of 68 degrees. And um, it was well above 68 degrees. They could have turned on the air conditioning and still been within code. Otherwise, they get this $1,000 a day fine, right? So that's probably the, the fear. Right. If, if a resident complains of no heat because they're cold and the city comes out and finds that temperatures in the unit are below the 68 degrees during heating season, then they could have a fine of $1,000 a day. But to be clear, if somebody complained about not having heat during heating season and they came out and measured and found that it was not uh, below 68 degrees, there would be no fine. They can turn it off, as you noted, that doesn't say you cannot turn off the heat before June 1st. They can, correct? Correct. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You introduced this ordinance, a substitute ordinance, to really modernize the law that passed the council in June. What does the amended law say about keeping buildings cool? So for the cooling requirements, we formally had requirements on the books for um, cooling and air conditioning guidelines for nursing homes. We did not have them for uh, senior housing. A nursing home is not restricted to elderly people, right? Um, You might be in a nursing home for uh, a physical ability issue or a mental health issue. A senior building is a designation that um, it's, uh, I'll say it's elderly housing, right? Um, So people generally, we use the federal definition of housing that's designated specifically for uh, individuals who are 55 years and older. Um, We added protections for senior housing. One of the other changes is we did codify that all new construction has to require air conditioning. It's on the books, which is great, um, but we don't have new construction that doesn't have air conditioning, and we haven't for a really long time. Now, in the James Snyder tragedy, they have central air, but it's not resident-controlled. In a senior building, all the common areas now have to be air-conditioned, and they have to be air-conditioning systems that are independent um, of a building system. So again, if we look at James Snyder, they've got a common meeting room, um, lobbies, laundry rooms, and we could say, hey, you have to cool those spaces. But um, using the system that they had, 
it wouldn't have been relevant because they didn't have the air conditioning on, right? So this requirement says you've got to have a separate system. So this could be like a an in in unit um, like wall mounted cooling system, right? Um, until 2024, they're allowed to use um, the mobile air conditioning units, which is what they implemented on that Thursday um, after I visited residences that aren't senior uh, residences, but have 100 units or more, they have to provide one cooling space. Um, if they don't have that, right, or if they don't come up with the permanent solution, um, they could risk um, some pretty heavy fines and, and legal right, legal ramifications um, from the city if they don't come compliant. I have to say, Alderwoman, even the most casual student of Chicago history knows about like the 95 heat wave that killed like seven, more than 700 people, almost 800 people. How and why are there not more laws on the books to protect residents during extreme heat, especially as it's been coming, becoming more common? But that was 25 years ago. I can only speculate. Um, I'll only claim my, my government experience being about three and a half years. So I can only speculate. But um, from what I know, one is it was such an anomaly, um, right, to have an early heat wave like that. But it is becoming not an anomaly now, it's becoming the norm. And some of the reasons why, um, when we were looking to make these amendments, my team and I, um, we looked to other cities especially cities in hotter areas. We look to cities in Texas and Florida, right? And a lot of places that you would expect have cooling requirements um, do not. Some of the things come down to the costs and who bear the burden of the costs. Yeah. I mean, you're anyone who's lived in a Chicago old like three flat or courtyard building, I know I have for years, especially if you live on the top floor. I mean, I didn't have central air till I was like 35. Like, you know, like, I mean... You know how hot it. I don't have. I don't have central air in my place. See, right? yeah, you know how hot it can get. Those beautiful vintage apartments. They're they're more than a century old. Yep, I, like, I live like can't... in a hundred and ten year old building. Right. Absolutely. What do you? What do we do about buildings like that for for residents? That you know, how do we go back and fix this cooling heating system in buildings like that? So two pipe systems aren't necessarily um, old. So James Snyder, again, I think it's 26-year-old building, right? Um, so people still implement two-pipe systems, even in new construction, because they're very cost-effective. Um, but in, a, let's say, a building like mine, I live in a 22-unit um, co-op apartment building, right? That was built about 110 years ago. Um, one of those nice brick buildings you find a lot of in Rogers Park. I love it. <laughs> And it wasn't until maybe eight years ago that I bought an air conditioning unit and then I bought a second one. One of the big challenges, especially um, uh, as things cost more and utilities cost more though, is when you are relying on somebody to be able to provide their own air conditioning unit, they're often also having to pay for their utility costs. It's one of the common things we hear from, especially our senior citizens is they'll opt not to turn on that AC, right? Because it's going to run up the the electric bill. What should residents do, Alderwoman? I mean, yours literally called you on your cell phone and you at the Snyder Apartments. I mean, but it can't take deaths literally in these sweltering temperatures for residents, some of many of whom are in affordable housing subsidized by the city. What do they do to feel safe you know, I've encouraged and working with neighbors there and in other spaces um, to continue to look out for one another. 
encourage them to form a tenants organization. Um, sometimes organized voices are listened to a bit more. And um, a lot of this, why we went legislatively, a lot of the responsibilities on building owners and managers. Um, it was really, it's still difficult for me to comprehend why um, a large experience property owner and manager like Hispanic housing um, didn't make a better decision. Understanding all the complicated factors and in their minds, it was, well, next week's weather is supposed to be pretty cold and our seniors can get pretty chilly. This building has been around for 26 years. They should know, ah, you know what? Here are the factors. It's getting really hot. We're looking at multiple days of heat. It might be cool next week, but once things heat up, it takes a long time to cool down. But people who run these buildings, who receive public funds to build them, and who advertise to senior residents or anyone else and say that they can provide the safe environment need to be held responsible. I mean, I guess the the pushback a little bit, I'm sure you'll hear, you've heard was, well, how are we supposed to pay for that? How are we supposed to modernize these buildings? Is there any assistance available for some of these developers and building management companies to ensure that their buildings are safe? There aren't specific city funds for them, but I will say that depending on the type of building that they manage. Again, James Snyder's mixed income. Um, so while there were public funds in its construction, they're not currently receiving, right, um, kind of funds. But there are all kinds of refinancing tools available for folks who are providing kind of senior or affordable housing. They're not being asked to refit their two-pipe system. They are being asked to provide some backups, right, and flexibility. And I am happy to report that they actually have. So they purchased. Oh, um, James Snyder has. They did. They purchased um, enough individual mobile AC units for every apartment in their building. That's all we're asking, right, of building owners and managers is to have a plan. I mean, I think we think of air conditioning as a luxury. And because we don't live in Texas or Florida or whatever, but it gets hot as hell here. Anybody who's lived here for a summer knows that. Alderwoman Haddon from the 49th Ward in Rogers Park, thank you so much for your work on this, but thank you for joining us on CityCast Chicago and talking through this with us. Thanks, Carrie. We reached out to the Hispanic Housing Development Corporation for comment about the deaths at the James Schneider Apartments, but we didn't hear back. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Vacancy rates on the Mag Mile are now at almost 30%, double what they were in 2019. All I'm going to say is whatever creative solutions the city pitching, I want to see them also implementing in neighborhoods around the city with historically high vacancies. Meanwhile, Little Village, the fate of the 26th Street Discount Mall remains unclear. The contract between the mall and the owner's Novak Construction is set to expire at the end of the month. You can learn more about the Discount Mall in an episode we did. I'll drop a link for you in the show notes. There's some good news to get you through. Avengers House Chicago and Salt Shed are going to have a huge night market running tonight through Friday. They're going to have clothes, furniture, collectibles. You can check it out from 4 to 10. And hey, if you see any throwback Jordan jerseys in there, it could be a, a Bullets, a Wizards, a Bulls, go on, hit me up. Uh, I'll cash up you. I'll Venmo you. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. And we're recording from the crib, taking it to the top, yeah.